Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here Today, when am I not excited to talk to you guys? I'm always wicked excited uh, to connect with you beautiful people. Today, you guys, this is going to be a quickie, kind of a quickie. (laughs) And we're going to call this sucker choosing to be confused. Choosing to be confused. What the heck does that mean, KK? (laughs) Let me tell you. So look, there are times in our lives when we have some decisions to make, right? And it can be little everyday things. And sometimes it can be wicked important things. And sometimes when we're trying to make a decision or we have a choice to make, we can find ourselves a little muddled up in our heads. We can find ourselves getting a little quote unquote confused. And this is something that I have personally, do I want to call it struggled with? Let's not call it struggled with, but I've definitely encountered in my own life and in my own personality. Um, And I want to dive into this because some of you might be able to relate to this. And it's been on my mind and and different things. I get inspired from different things. Sometimes they're things from my own life. Sometimes they're things that I see happening in the culture. Sometimes it's something that, um, you know, comes up with one of my clients Um, And really what I'm talking about is not necessarily their personal details, but just this, this being human, man, this being human, being a spiritual being in a human body in the human experience, uh, it can be tough. And sometimes we have some uh, uncomfy or difficult decisions to make. And for me personally, let's start there because that's the only place where I'm really uh, sort of an expert, right? <laughs> Is that I, I know myself pretty well. I've been uh, with myself for 52 and a half years. So let's talk about this. So whether it's because I'm a Libra, right? And some of you might roll your eyes at that, but l- let, me, let me tell you something. Uh, where I was born, when I was born, how the planets were aligned, right? I came into this world under the symbol of the scales, right? I'm doing this with my hands up and down, left and right, the scales, which are the scales of justice. Uh, so being a Libra, um, I think, and I, and I have other thoughts on this, but let's just really wicked simplify it. I think that being a Libra makes me uh, be able to see both sides of a thing. Uh, also, because I've always been wicked sensitive, I was a wicked sensitive kid. And I think all of us are sensitive. And I think all of us are empathic in our own ways, maybe some people more than others. So maybe it's because I'm a Libra, I was born under that scales of justice sign. Maybe it's because I'm wicked sem- sensitive or empathic, but I've always kind of been able to see. Um, even if I didn't want to, even if in those times when I was being selfish and I just wanted my own way, it's not like I'm ignorant to the fact that there could be a different way of looking at this thing. Um, 
but, but for whatever reason, all of these combinations, sometimes I have found that it's been hard for me um, to make decisions. Um, and one of the other things that I read that I found fascinating when it has to do with trauma is they did this study in 2017, um, talking to children, uh, to kids who, uh, they kind of followed these kids over a series of years, right? They, I think they first started talking to them when they were like eight years old and then all the way up through their twenties. And they did this study and they were kind of assessing the effect of childhood trauma on decision-making, which included not only uh, were they risk averse, were they more likely to do things that were gonna, uh, you know, possibly get them into trouble. And they put them in these different scenarios when it came to like everything from like, um, just looking at really the trajectory of their lives, where they were on the spectrum of trauma, um, you know, all these different things. And what they did is it was a broad spectrum, right? So they were kind of just looking at a level playing field and they were looking at some kids who had like little trauma and some kids who had a lot of trauma. And what they found is that the kids who had um, more trauma were often uh, not as good at making risk adverse uh, decisions, right? So they would often put themselves in situations where the kids who didn't have a lot of trauma would be able to see the cues and the signs that maybe this isn't going to end well. But one of the things that really popped out for me uh, in line with today's topic is they said, and I'm just going to read this quote, it says, they also took a great deal of time agonizing over decisions. And it was like, boom, it was like a light bulb went off over my head. Um, and it just gave me a little more insight into myself. And, but whatever the case, you know, I just wanted to say there have been times in my life when I have been truly confused, like did not have enough information, did not understand the information. It was like either over my head or it was something that was new to me and I needed more time to process. But there have been other times in my life when I have chosen to be confused. And that's what today's episode is all about, when we choose to be confused. So let's talk about what I mean by that. So there have been times in my life, and there have certainly been times in my clients' lives, right? The people that I've worked with one-to-one -one or people that I talk with in um, my spiritual membership and community, The Nest, where um, people find themselves in situations where to them, it seems very muddled and confusing and they don't know what to do. And when you're outside of it and you're looking in, it's like, it's kind of like, maybe not that the solution, the right solution, let me say this, the right thing to do isn't always the easy thing to do. Let's start with that. The right thing to do, quote unquote, right, thing to do is not always uh, the simple or the easy thing to do, but oftentimes the right thing to do or the best choice is actually very clear. There's a lot of clarity, but we muddle it up in our heads because we don't want to do the right thing. That doesn't mean that we're not people of integrity, that we're not people of good conscience. What it means is that the right thing to do is often not the easy thing to do. So let's talk about why we choose to get confused. What are some of the blocks and barriers that happen that all of a sudden make us go, I don't know what to do, right? Um, it's usually not that we don't know what to do. It's that we don't want to do the thing that we know we need to do. And I don't like to use the word should, quote unquote, should a lot, right? We always say don't should on yourself. <laughs> but uh, there are very clearly times when this is the thing you should do. 
but we don't want to do it. And in that case, we go right up into the head and we start, like even the body, the body will be giving you all kinds of communication, all kinds of clues, all kinds of information, right? What happens though, is we go above the neck, we go up into the head and then we get jumbled and we're like, but I don't know what to do. And it's not that we don't have clarity. It's that we don't want clarity because the clarity that is provided to us that shows us what we should do, quote unquote, should, um, we actually don't want to do it. Uh, and this is very understandable sometimes, but let's dive into this a little bit more because I've been thinking about this um, a lot. And I made myself some notes. So if you're watching this, you might see me look down a couple of times because when I get really jazzed or excited about something, uh, I'll sometimes listen to, uh, listen back or see my show notes, right? And I'll go like, ah, yeah, I forgot to say this thing and I didn't want to forget these, so I wrote them down. So number one, a lot of times, one of the reasons why we choose to be confused, they're all fear-based. First of all, let's start there, right? So we know as A Course in Miracles tells us, you know, there are but two emotions, love and fear which is another way of saying there are but two teachers, spirit, Holy Spirit, the inner teacher versus the ego. The ego is the voice for fear. Spirit is the voice for love. So we have these two emotions, AKA these two teachers. And in any given moment with our thoughts, words, and actions, we are choosing a particular teacher. We are choosing a particular voice and whether it's the voice of the ego that is shrieking and screaming like a maniac, as I always say, or the very calm, still voice, which is the memory of God, the memory of God's love, right? So we have the, the voice for love, and then we have the voice for uh, the insane self, as I like to say, the ego, right? And the ego is all about the fear. And so one of the reasons why we get confused is we have a fear of rejection. And so often when I'll be talking to somebody, um, you know, again, whether it's in the nest or one-to-one -one or a friend or whatever, and they start saying, but they won't, they, they, they won't like it. They won't get it. They, and I'm always like, who are these, they, who's the, they let's identify the, they, first of all, are you talking about your parents? Are you talking about your partner, your sweetie, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever the thing is, um, your significant, other, are you talking about your best friend? Are you talking about your kids? Like who's the, the, the culture, like who's the, they, your online followers? Like, so knowing like who it is that we're worried about, because it's this fear of rejection and it's like rejection from who or from what, right? So it's always like they, whoever quote unquote, they are, will not like me for this. Um, they'll turn against me. And really, I think what the deeper question is we're asking is, we believe, we have a belief. This is what I always say, like, ooh, there will be consequences, right? I'll sometimes say, ooh, this is going to leave a mark, right? So one of the, the fears of rejection is, is if I do this thing, right, quote unquote, the, the right thing or the thing that I, I, I feel compelled to do or called to do or know that I, quote unquote, should do, um, we have this fear and, and we'll ask, the, 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 we think, this choice is going to cost me. This choice is going to cost me. And the question that we can ask ourselves is, well, what's it going to cost me though? What am I willing to pay the price for? So for me, it's like, I would rather have peace of mind, self-respect, stay true to myself. And remember the assignment is alignment. So I'd rather stay in alignment with the divine and what I know to be true for me, even if it's unpopular with the they's right. And it's like, um, whoever, again, whoever your, they are again, family, friends, culture, society, your church, whoever, your yoga group, like whatever it is. 
uh, they won't like this. It's like, I would rather risk being rejected from the collective than to basically go out of alignment and out of integrity with myself. So we get to look at that. Like, what am I really afraid of? Like, who, who am I afraid of being rejected by? So this fear of rejection, what's this going to cost me? What's the belief that I have that this is going to cost me? This is going to leave a mark. Uh, what's the price I'm going to have to pay for this? Um, and get clear on that. Because I think once we start to break down, we get out of the muddle, the fog, the confusion, the, the chaos and the fear, right? And, and also when we're in that stressful state of fear, the body is pumping out these chemicals and these hormones, right? That make us feel a little like dazed and confused. So getting clarity, like slowing down, getting down, make the journey from the head to the hat, drop down into the hat. Sometimes just placing and pounding my chest right now, right? Placing your hands on your chest or on your belly, dropping down into the body because the body is the home of the intuition. Why do you think we call it gut instincts, right? Instincts, intuition, gut feeling. We're moving from the head down into the heart where the body can communicate its own wisdom to you. So we get out of the rational mind and the planning mind and, and, and uh, the intellect. We get out of the intellect, we move into the intuition, okay? The second fear that we often have and why we choose to be confused, um, we don't know what to do, uh, is this fear of abandonment, right? And it's the, this fear that I'm going to get kicked out of the group, the family, uh, the circle, the company, uh, my friends, like whatever the thing is, I'm going to be ostracized if I choose the thing that is right or best for me or for this situation or for this group of people or animals or whatever that I have been entrusted to care for and protect and be a voice for, right? Sometimes we have to take a stand and be a voice for the voiceless or to um, help the, the, the weaker and sometimes smaller, less, less access to resources, little people, little kids, whatever it is, right? Th those who need our help. Uh, sometimes we have to make decisions that are right or best. Um, and we're afraid that we're gonna get kicked out or ostracized or whatever. Uh, will be abandoned. And abandonment, like it's a built-in survival mechanism, right? There's a reason why we often, uh, you know, we are pack people, we are group people, right? It's, where, it's where, when we look back to like there were tribes of indigenous people and whatever, where we come from, we have always been wired, hardwired to kind of connect and be a part of a familial kind of experience, right? Um, so sometimes part of this abandonment um, fear um, is I'm going to get um, not only kicked out, but I'll have to abandon some part of myself. I'll have to lose some part of myself, my belief system, what I call my big three, right? The big three core values, um, or I'll have to abandon some part of my integrity or my truth. Um, we, or the other thing is, is I feel like I'll have to now in order to, um, rather than get clarity about the reality that if I do this thing, I might also have to Cirque du Soleil myself and contort myself and become a total ass kissing people pleaser, whatever, right? In order to do this too. So we have all these different fears when we come to this fear of abandonment, but a lot of times what we're, 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 we're we've been more willing to abandon ourselves than be abandoned by the larger group. 
Um, I'm no longer willing to do that in my life. Uh, that's something I've really worked on. And I'll, I'll do a whole podcast on that at some point of um, belonging versus trying to fit in somewhere. But that's another fear. And then um, a third fear is the fear of judgment. This is a big one, right? This is a big one. This is what keeps a lot of people from speaking up and doing the right thing, right? Um, and especially now we see a lot of it um, in, in um, cancel culture, this cancel culture online, social media, et cetera. People have a fear that if I say this thing, this thing that's really in my hat, they always, they're gonna come for me, right? Like this is gonna cost me. So we think, oh my God, they won't like me. They'll think I'm not nice. This is a really big one for women, right? It's not nice for me to say that. Um, I'll look stupid. I'll look silly. I'll look weak. I'll look incompetent, right? Because when you're going against the grain, when you're cho choosing to do something, whether you're pioneering something, doing something unexpected, not doing what they want you to do, right? There's this fear of judgment. Like, what are they going to think of me? Like, what are they going to say about me? How are they going to judge me slash attack me? Um, and so we, we get really afraid of how the external world, the outside world is going to uh, respond. So that's another thing where we, we, we just get so confused. It's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, no, we know what to do, but we have a fear of what we think is going to happen given the cast of characters that are involved in the whole uh, scenario, right? The whole situation, which leads to the fourth one which I call the fear of the unknown. Because what we'll do is we time travel, right? We come out of the present. So we're in the present moment, trying to make a decision. One of the best things I think you can do is to just stop, pause, breathe. So we wanna slow down the mind, take some deep, good belly breaths, what we call dirga pranayam, complete belly breathing give the mind and the nervous system a chance to like feel some cues of safety to just kind of stop and breathe and try to really stay in the present moment because what happens is when we time travel we go into the past and we conjure up all these things that we have regret and shame and blame and trauma and all this stuff around or we time travel into the future and that's when we pick up the anxiety the worry we are projecting we're like afraid that this is what's going to happen but we're afraid of what's going to happen based on the past our history so we have the fear of often the unknown, which is the possibility of what could go wrong. Um, and we imagine what will happen if we make this decision, what's, you know, what the re re reaction will be from people. Um, we almost never think that they're going to respond like loving, mature, uh, emotionally mature adults right? From a place of love, they'll respond from a place of love. We always have this fear that people are going to react out of the ego, out of um, fear, out of history and past. And we fear that because we do it so often ourselves. So we time travel back. And what we do is we rewrite stories. 
we write stories. So we kind of look at what's happened in the past and the brain is like a supercomputer. So the brain starts to compute out possible expectations. We start to make assumptions. We start to cast, we start to do a whole cinematic sequence, right? We envision ourselves in these different scenarios and this is what's going to happen. And we project forward like months or years from now. And I'm like, this is what we think it's going to be like. And then we start casting, right? Everybody in their roles. Well, this one's going to say this one, this one's probably going to do this one. This one's going to do. So we go to the past. We make assumptions based on what we've already experienced rather than being in the present with possibility. So we already set ourselves up for this fear sequence. You know, when they do like um, your life is flashing before your eyes or when you get a movie preview, it's like, I used to be in the movie business, um, story for another day, but we literally start to do these uh, sequences of like the, the greatest clips of what a shit show, what a shit show it's going to be. So that's when I say we're not actually confused. We're choosing to be confused because we usually actually have some sort of clarity, some sort of awareness, but we're afraid to do it. We're afraid to do it based on the stories that we are writing, based on diving into the old file folder, the file index, right, of our past and going like, well, Jimmy will probably do this and Stevie will do this and Tony will do this and Robin will do this or whatever, right? And we just start to go like, oh my God. And the truth is we actually have no idea. People surprise us all the time. We have no idea how somebody is going to react or behave. We can make an assumption based on what we think they're going to do. But how often do we keep ourselves stuck or in a bad situation or a bad relationship or um, whatever, because we just cannot decide to push the button, pull the lever, get out of the relationship, get out of the business deal, say the damn thing, have the conversation right? Because we have a lot of fear. And the final thing that I'm going to say too, is if you find yourself in one of these kind of muddled situations and positions, one of the things that you can do is to um, try to take what I call like the higher point of view. And so in A Course in Miracles, we call this like going above the battleground because when you're all up in your mind, like trying to make a decision and you'll just be like, it's like you fighting against you. It's like you're up in your head and you're like, yeah, you're doing, you're doing the scales of the Libra, right? You're seeing all these different sides and so much so that we sometimes get overwhelmed and I call it like we short circuit ourselves. It's like the, ro they just, eh, the robot just like shuts down and all of a sudden I bet, I bet double A men hands me if, if you can relate to this. You're trying to make a decision. You're trying to do this thing that you know you got to do. And then all of a sudden you get really tired. You get like really exhausted and you're like, oh, I just need to go take a nap. Like you start to shut down. The, like the little robot is like, meh, meh, meh. like it just starts to power down because it can't because it gets overwhelmed. It gets overwhelmed. And I, I always think of it, it's like the body set. It's like, you know, sometimes when there has been intense trauma, um, I've read stories about how bodies will literally just faint, right? It's like they just faint because they can't handle it. So when they find themselves getting triggered, 
you know, if somebody's had extreme trauma, sometimes that body goes into that full, you know, it's like fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, and the body will just faint. So this isn't complete fainting, but the body just starts to shut down because it's like too much, too much danger, Will Robinson, right? Stranger danger, <laughs> right? It starts to freak out. So one of the things is if we can get a little distance from it. So I'll often invite my clients, I'll say like, okay, let's take like the rocket ship or the spaceship point of view. Let's float above this whole thing. Let's look down on the players and the situation. Let's get some emotional distance from it. Let's try to get out of the overreactive, emotional, um, fear-based ego response. And let's invite in wisdom of our spiritual team, wisdom of Holy Spirit or the inner teacher, wisdom of the divine, wisdom of your ancestors that have come before you. Let's go beyond the chattering of the monkey mind and make ourselves available, uh, receptive to the ability to receive help from, from, I said, we call them the big guns. We open up the channel of the mind, right? My watch keeps telling me that I need to stand up right now and do some movement, but I can't, I'm talking to you guys. Um, so we have to call upon something greater than us. And we also have to elevate ourselves. We have to go higher. So I call it going up into higher mind where we get out of the like uh, 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 of the brain and we go into like universal mind where we have access, I believe, to like, you know, to, to divine intelligence, uh, higher intelligence beyond us. And then we can just kind of take a look down and say, okay, look, you're agonizing over this. Let's stay, step back. Spaceship point of view. What do you see now? If we can emotionally just kind of step back. Because so often, you know, it's why, like as an entrepreneur, sometimes I'll say, I need help because I can't, I'm too close to my own work. I can't see it clearly. You know, when you look at something like wicked close up, like you can't really focus and see it. So we need to step away. So I'll ask them to like, come up here with me. Let's get above the battleground. Let's call in spiritual team. Let's call in your divine helpers. Let's call on your own higher intelligence, right? The spirit that lives within you that, that has the memory of God's love and is the memory of God's voice and get quiet and let's see what arises to us because all manner of solutions will arise when we choose to stop being confused. We can say a little prayer, make a little invitation to say, I am willing to see myself, this person, this situation differently. Please help me to choose peace instead of this, instead of this confused mind. So we can say a little prayer, do a little meditation, create a little space. If we need to go for a fast walk using our mantra, because it will start to clear out the mud in the muck, in the suck of being in that agonized place. Because we're choosing to be confused because we're actually really afraid. We've already cast a story. We've cast a vision of what we think the outcome is going to be. And sometimes we know what the right thing to do is. We know what we quote unquote should do. The choice that makes the most sense with the amount of information that we have. And here's the thing. There's no guarantees that it's always going to work out. Sometimes in the moment, given what we know, when we know it, at what age we are and, and what we have accessible to us to make the decision, sometimes you have to just make the best decision with what you have. And there will be times when you'll fuck it up, you'll fail, it will, you'll have hindsight. They always say like hindsight is twenty twenty. You have so much more clarity after the fact. So then this is where practices of forgiveness, compassion, acceptance will come in. 
All you can try to do is to do what you think in the moment is the best. And then we'll learn from those things. We always say uh, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is uh, just simply feedback. It's information for the experiment of being in this human classroom. Okay. Um, another thing you can do too, to kind of wrap things up is when you're feeling too close to something and it's too muddled and it's too muddy. And sometimes you feel like there's too many voices, too many people are trying to give you advice or you've asked way too many people. You went external before you went internal. And I always say, you got to go in before you go out. In fact, you got to go in and go up before you go out. So we go in and we try to access the intuition, the inner teacher, right? The spiritual team, the divine intelligence that is available to us before we go out there, because we don't always know what everybody else's agenda is. We don't always know a lot of times when we bring our own personal situations to outside people, they're reacting from their own experiences. They're actually not even thinking about you when they give advice, they're too caught up. So like, if you've ever had a situation, let's say where uh, I'll just pick something random, but somebody, you're in a relationship, that person cheats on you, um, but you want to do the work and you want to try and make it work. And whether that's counseling or trust, like whatever you guys are going to do. But when it first happens, you start talking to your friends about it. And the people who have been cheated on, they're probably going to have a way different reaction than the people who have done some therapy and done some time and forgiveness work, right? So, and I'm not saying people should stay or not stay. Don't make, I'm not telling people what to do in this case because it's. I think it's situation by situation basis. But we got to remember that people are biased by their own experiences, by their own trauma, by their own ability to reflect and also go above the battleground. So sometimes when we have too much input from external sources, it muddies the field, too many feet on the field, and it's just, it's just a mess. So always try to go inward. And then if you have a trusted source, and whether that's a, a coach or a therapist or a spiritual mentor or somebody that you work with, um, try to limit the amount of input that you have coming in because I have found that it really just makes um, it really um, just more confusing when you're already kind of choosing to be confused. <laughs> and the final thing I'll often suggest is I'll say, hey, if one of your friends came to you right now with this exact problem or one of your children or somebody you really love or care about, but who, who, let's put it this way, you had no stake, they say no horse in the race, you had no stake in the game, meaning that whatever the outcome is going to be would not affect you, which allows you to actually be more objective, right? And I would say to them, if somebody you love is going through the same problem, they came to you for advice, what would you tell them? And when we pull ourselves out of it, it's amazing how quickly we can see exactly what the right thing probably is to do. And by right, I mean best thing with the amount of information that you have at the time. And so much of this also comes down to trust. It comes down to faith. It comes down to the kind of world that you think. And I always believe that everything, everything, even shit that happens that I don't like or don't understand, it has something for me. And whether that is a lesson or a blessing, or it's just going to end up being a wicked good story later to tell, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, it, there's always something when you believe that, um, that you are loved and that, uh, you know, the old saying stuff is happening for you and not to you. Uh, when we're in the initial stages of shit, it really feels like it's happening to us. But with a little bit of time and perspective, 
and a different POV, a different spaceship point of view, um, when we've had some chance to process and heal, um, you know, and sometimes these things take time. But a lot of times we're being asked to make a decision um, before we've had time to process things. And sometimes it's like end of life decisions or ending a marriage or, um, you know, where should I make this big investment with my money? Like whatever the thing is, you know, as human beings, we're making decisions all damn day long, literally from we wake up in the morning and it's like, what clothes am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What da 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 Like, you know, what time am I going to do this? What are we going to have for dinner? What's going to, what, you know, who's picking up the kids or blah, blah, blah. We are constantly having to make decisions. And if we don't have clarity, if we don't have a DSP, a daily spiritual practice, where we learn to tune in to our own minds, our own inner teachers, our own spiritual team, we don't tap into the assignment is alignment. If we go online to our devices, this is why I always say divine connection before Wi-Fi connection, we get overwhelmed. The nervous system gets overwhelmed and we don't learn to trust ourselves. We don't learn to seek the answers from within. We're constantly looking outside of ourselves, trying to judge whether or not we are safe, whether um, or not we're doing it right, right? We become chronically like self-conscious and none of this is helpful for creative decision-making. And that's what decision-making really is. It's an act of creativity. It's an act of kind of going like, okay, this is what I have available to me. I'm going to make the best decision that I know how to do. So if you find yourself, like, let's be wicked honest. If you find yourself choosing to be confused, just know that there are ways out of it. I've laid out some of them here today. And if you want to, 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 you know, have access to this kind of stuff and to go deeper into this kind of stuff, you guys, I'm just going to keep inviting you to come and join the nest, my spiritual membership and community. This is one of the things that like we would talk about in the nest, right? Right. Like, how do we do this? Because this being human is an ongoing problem, right? This being human is an ongoing process. So we think we have stuff nailed down. And then like two weeks later, like we're triggered and we're like, oh my God. So having a supportive community of people who are also give a shit about these same kinds of things, who are also trying to grow, to personally grow, who are also trying to deepen their connection to the divine, the God of their own understanding, source, universe. I don't care what you call it. Everybody is welcome, right? I always say the God of your own understanding, whatever that means to you. You might not even have a name for it. You might not even assure what you um, want to call it or if you even believe in it, but you know that there's something right? Because this is the work of our lives. And one of the things that I say about the nest, the work that we do in the nest, I say the nest work makes the rest work. The nest work makes the rest work. And I'll dive into that more another time. But you guys right now, go get yourself on the waiting list if it interests you, because uh, the price for the nest is going up in September. But before that happens, I'm going to do a little secret squirrel, little secret squirrel squ sale. <laughs> a little flash sale, right? To folks who are just on the waiting list. Only the folks on the waiting list are going to get the opportunity. So uh, hustle on over there. Don't hustle. Take your time, but you know what I mean. Do it. Uh, KarenKenny.com slash nest. And only do it if it piques your curiosity, calls to your hat. You feel like you'd love to have a group 
of people who are also doing the work. They're willing to show up. They're willing to be vulnerable. They're willing to support. Um, it's so powerful to have a team at your side, both humans and divinely. So you guys, I hope you found this helpful in some way. Remember, um, sometimes we're genuinely confused because we don't, we don't, we just don't understand the hard math, but a lot of times we're choosing to be confused. So you don't have to do it. You could choose peace instead of this. There is a better way. I hope this has been helpful. And if there's somebody you know who's trying to make a, a wicked hard decision right now, maybe forward this uh, a little love note from, from your heart and my heart to theirs. Uh, and just thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. I celebrate you. I love you. I'm so happy to have you a part of my community, my podcast community. Uh, I'd love to have you as part of the Nest community. So you guys, wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment better than how you first found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>